stories, how you use them. T minus three, two, one, zero, and liftoff. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the BizDoc Podcast. As usual, Tom Melzer at the BizDoc, and I am here with Kellyanne, the Swiss Army Knife, pulling charts, looking things up while I talk. Here's what we got this week. We have got a great list, and everything's getting more expensive. I think everybody knows it's getting expensive. What we have is housing, and now concerts are more expensive. We're going to tell you how much more. Girl Scout cookies, those cute little Girl Scouts outside of Walmart, selling you the Thin Mints and the Dosey Dos. They're more expensive. And college education, we're going to just show you just how much more you make after paying for the expensive college education. And then today, we have a special request from you. What's up with Apple in the headlines about slowing down, losing $350 billion? They didn't really lose it, but I'm going to show you where that number comes from. And we're going to dive into all of that on a special case study. What's up with Apple? For this week now, let's go to it. And the first we have, hello, Kellyanne. Hi, how are you? I am very, very well. How was your weekend? It was very busy, but very good. Thank you for asking. Are things more expensive in your world? They're always more expensive, and they just keep getting more and more expensive. There you go. We're going to talk about one first. Let's pull up the first chart. So COVID's over. We can go back to restaurants as of a year and a half ago. All these things going on, and now we summertime. Let's just go and enjoy a concert and try to forget the economy and everything that's going on. And, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Take a look at the blue line. That's concert ticket prices this year. Look at the big spike. Obviously, concert prices went way down in 2021. That's been when you could only go like two of you, three of you, four of you in a small crowd to go see Hendrix and Janis Joplin, but they were both dead already. Then real concerts came back, right? And all of a sudden, take a look, 22, 23. Now the green line, the green line, it's not just a movie. It's where the prices probably should be if they would just track with the Consumer Price Index, CPI, which tracks for overall inflation. So in other words, the concert tickets right now that you're paying $120 for, instead of $87, that's what's going on. You know, uh, my daughter, Bailey the Golf Girl, gets together with four of her friends, and they bought tickets to you-know-who, biggest tour of the year. Who, who, who? Taylor Swift, Taylor Eras Swift. Tour. You know, and to the Eras Tour, the many eras of her music. And so they went online, they waited, they clicked the mouse at the exact second. They somehow got a, a number they were in line. She explained that that meant she could go the next day and buy tickets according to that number or however it happened. I probably have the story wrong. But they were very careful about what city they were in and what area of the arena they got and they said that they had their budget they didn't go over it because they want to go to a concert and so they have got it all figured out and they are going and but to me i was looking at it wow it has been so long since i would go on Ticketmasters and get you know i'll tell you a concert i went to one of the more expensive concerts i went to back in the day was the who joan jett and the b-52s in orlando at the arena where they used to do these little um, uh, bowl games, not the University of Florida up in Gainesville, right there in Atlanta, football stadium, an outdoor arena. And I remember how expensive that was, but it wasn't complicated. I went to Ticketmaster, you did it on the phone, you did all that and you, you, you got your tickets and you saw what was left or you went to a, a record store that had the computer there for Ticketmaster to tell you what's there. 
Nowadays, my goodness, you know, we're 30 years later from that, and a lot has happened along the way and everything, but my goodness, I can't believe how expensive they are. It's just you know, crazy. Kellyanne, what is your experience? You got nieces, nephews, you got friends with kids. You know, I, I'm a little bit older than you are. <laughs> what What is the experience with you or with people you know in terms of concert going this summer? A lot of my friends, uh, or my nieces and nephews rather, they can't afford tickets um and their parents are like is this is this worth it is this a con for, particularly for taylor swift a lot of them want to go to taylor swift and they're even more expensive than regular tickets and they're like is the tour worth it is do is this the one thing i bring my kid to so you have to kind of pick and choose um a, a lot of parents are having to struggle with picking and choosing which concerts or which events to splurge and bring their kids on because it's so expensive and and all my cousins have siblings so if you bring one kid you got to bring the rest of them wow well n not there you know bailey said hey can i go with these three friends they're a really good group of friends i trust them i said look yeah be careful when you go to these events you know you know what's going on there everything you have to do have your phone be ready all that kind of stuff what was very interesting is they were all very aware of it. They said, well, this is the only concert we're going to go to this summer. Mm -hmm. Bailey was fortunate, um, you know, thanks to some help from some guy called the BizDoc. Mm -hmm. She got herself an internship with a, uh, a startup and was doing market analysis, market stats, doing real work over the course of the summer. And so she made a, made a few dollars, you know, not, not 30 bucks an hour, but she was paid fair. And she says, look, you know what, I'm, I'm setting it aside, you know, there's... You know, we have a budget for back-to-school clothes, back-to-school sneakers, which are apparently all sneakers now are on platforms. I don't know why that's necessary. <laughs> but she dipped into her own budget and said, nope, this is all we're doing, and this is what it's going to be. We're going to go to Taylor Swift eras with three of our friends. Uh, but this is the budget, and this is how we determined it. I but, I, you know, I, I can't get over everybody saying, oh, it's too expensive, nobody's going. And then I hear Jacksonville sold out, Atlanta yeah. sold out. You know, it's crazy. Every, everything is sold out. It's just amazing. Businesses today are facing a rough world. The stock market is in an angry mood, as is the economy. Banks are failing. Inflation is never ending. And a looming recession threatens to wipe out stock value. That's bad for business, but even worse for retirement funds, especially if you're the one getting ready to retire. And to make things worse, the government is targeting those retirement funds, you know, your 401ks and your IRAs, with heavy new taxes to pay for things like social justice agendas and federal deficits. The good news is that there is a way to help protect your financial future, investing in precious metals. American Hartford Gold will ship physical gold and silver directly to your door. Or they can set you up with a gold IRA where you can invest in gold that shows up in your IRA. The Gold IRA can shield your wealth from this economic meltdown, and the best part is this method is tax and penalty free. That's right. Analysts predict that gold is set to hit all-time highs. If you have retirement funds that you cannot afford to lose, now is the time to call a precious metal dealer. And here is the only precious metal dealer that I, the BizDoc, currently trust, American Hartford Gold. They'll show you how to protect your savings and retirement accounts by diversifying your portfolio from stocks, mutual funds, and other things with physical gold and silver. With the finest products, fantastic customer service, and a buyback commitment, American Heart for Gold has earned a five-star rating from thousands of reviews and an A-plus from the Better Business Bureau. Tell them the BizDoc sent you, and they'll give you up to $5,000 of free silver on your first order. Click the link in the description below or call 
535-0767. Again, on your screen, 866-535-0767, or just text BIZ, B-I-Z, to 65532. Well, we go from the big girls to the cute little girls, and I mean that in a positive way, the Girl Scouts of America. Great organization where girls get together, learn the skills about a variety of things of life and camaraderie and things like that. And also, once a year is a fundraiser, as we all know, it's Girl Scout cookie time. So take a look at this. You know what? It's not a concert. It's just cookies. But please pay attention. This goes back to 19... 33. So this is a 90-year graph, probably the longest-running graph in the BizDoc archive. Yes. And this is, um, the, the boxes of cookies are $6. Now, take a look. In 1983, they were $1.50, 81. 1981, they were $1.50, and now they'll be $6. So they've only doubled the $3 and then doubled the $6. It's not what's happened to concert tickets, but now it's... It used to be $20, give it to the Girl Scout outside Walmart or Costco or someplace. And um, they're out there in their uniform. Hey, we're troop number 104 and we're from this city and this town and this is what we're doing. You know, my name is Megan. And I said, you got thin mints? She goes, do I have thin mints? How many do you want? And I'm like, I would give them a $20 bill and get like four boxes, you know, and then you go freeze them because a frozen thin mint with ice cream, can't beat it. That's it. That's, that's number one. You know, my treat, my indulgence, but the Girl Scout cookies are actually going up. So were you a Girl Scout, Kellyanne? Were you ever a Girl Scout? I was not a Girl Scout. So were, were you helping friends that were Girl Scouts when it came time to be the pushers of, of delicious cookies? Oh, yes. I enabled all my pusher cousins. They all had Girl Scout. They were all Girl Scouts, especially you know, my closest two cousins, Katie and Kimmy, and they always were selling boxes and if they couldn't sell the rest of them, me and my dad would buy the last ones. <laughs> the really? Samoas are my favorite. Yeah, I wonder if there's like a like a, a cookie arbitrage that you could do, that you could basically, with the Girl Scouts, if you could, um, you know, you, you buy out their cookies, create a shortage, you sell them for 10 bucks a box or something. But anyway, I don't know. But everything's up. Everything's up, and there's a lot of sugar in those cookies, and sugar is a commodity just like everything that is up. So now the question is, how do you afford all that? See, all this is tied together this week. We tried to tie it all together. So how do you afford it? With your weekly salary. What does your weekly salary look like? Well, last couple of weeks, we've been talking about college education. And college education and you know, how expensive the degrees were. And a couple of weeks ago, we talked about which degrees not to get because it could be so god-awful expensive and then you'd be able to do nothing with it. Like yep. you get a degree in European art history, mm -hmm. right? You know, and, uh, you know, and I'm sure it's important and somebody needs to know about it, but it, it's almost like we only need one kid to study European art history so they can be the professor for the next 30 years at that school and teach <laughs> all the other, you know, um, idiots that come in to study European art history. Correct. So it's like, sorry to be cynical, no, I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry at all. <laughs> not sorry at all. But let's take a look at this. Let's be serious now. Take a look at medium in e earnings. 2022, the Bureau of Labor says they completed. And by the way, if it took me nine months of the following year to get a report completed, I would have got fired from most of my early jobs. But nonetheless, <laughs> the Bureau of Labor Statistics has finally finished the 2021 
2022, excuse me, wouldn't be surprising if it was 2021, <laughs> but they have finally finished the 2022 salary survey by level of education for these United States. Amen. And check this out. On a national level, you make about $51,000 a year. That would be 1100 bucks a week, 52 weeks in a year, 1100 bucks a week, that's 52, 53,000, something in there. Now, if you have less than a high school diploma, like a GED, dropped off, joined the military, 682 a week. High school diploma, 853 a week. So in other words, it doesn't cost anything to finish high school. If you're going to a public school, finish public school and you make another $200 a week on average compared to all of your other friends. Then some college, like an associate's degree, you just go get a degree in social media marketing and try to go to work for a little ad agency or be self-employed, it's a thousand bucks a week. So there you are, almost at the national average. Then if you go ahead and get the bachelor's degree, you're above the national average. But wait, go back and look at the case study a couple weeks ago where Kelly and Anna and I talked about what degrees you get and what degrees you don't. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to all be STEM, but it certainly helps if you get a degree that is directly useful and correlated to your job. European art history, not so much, but you need a STEM degree or maybe a business administration degree in marketing, and then you go maybe be a manager at that ad agency running social media, boom, $1,400 a week. So now you're up over $62,000, $63,000. And then you get an advanced degree, like a master's if you're lucky. Um, and again, stay away from that European art history. And it's not that I'm against European art. <laughs> Just the point is it has a history. Buy a book, use the internet if you need it, but why the hell would you study it for four years to go do what? Do you think, do you think having an art history degree puts you back at the high school, high school level salary median? That would be earning? interesting to find out that those with a four-year degree in something, oh, I almost said ridiculous, in something ridiculous, <laughs> you know, goes back. So you're having cocktails at somebody's, you know, um, somebody's kids getting married and you're having a little cocktail there at the reception. How's your daughter doing? Well, she studied European art history. Well, really what happened with that? She's making 40 grand a year working as a clerk down at DMV. Oh, well, that worked out. Yeah. That worked out. Yeah. Um, wait, wait, you told me you were going to have student loans. You paid for all that, right? What'd you pay for that? Yeah. 180 grand. Really? Wow. Good investment. What's the ROI on that? You know, pretty there bad. Is none. <laughs> well, the, the point is here. The point is here. College education still matter. But if you want to avoid the student loan cycle, you know, there are state colleges that are still pretty good. And there are degrees that you can get, business administration, management. If you just don't know what to do and you get a basic business administration management degree and your friend has a three dry cleaners and you could just go help manage them, you're going to be so much better off than studying something that, that is just not applicable. And by the way, I happen to think like the basic business degree might help you, you know, just kind of run your own life or manage things. And so if you don't know what to do, you know, degree in communications, English, something that raises your level of skill in some way, shape or form is going to be a hell of a lot better than getting some esoteric college degree or no degree at all, because it just shows. America still needs, as a matter of fact, anywhere in the world needs smart people to in tomorrow's jobs. 
And you don't have to be the rocket scientist that knows how to program AI, but it would be sure as hell be helpful if you could know something about AI and maybe you, you took a class in that, you know, in, in college along with your business degree so that you could go do whatever it is you want to do. But there it is. It only took nine months for the Bureau of Labor Statistics to tell us what we already knew. Now then, I'm going to talk about something that a lot of us already know. Everybody knows that Apple's in the headlines, and there's been this thing about 300 billion, 320 billion, 360 billion. Oh my gosh, where'd that money go? It's not a loss of money. It's a change in their market cap or the overall value of the company. And I'm going to tell you all about it and what's up on this week's case study. What's with the headlines in Apple? Where are they facing headwinds? Where are they going? And we're going to go take a look at it. And I'm going to grab my vault. And if you want vault, you can get a case of them right over there at Amazon. Black cherry, watermelon, cucumber mint, or this one, coconut. And you can go get a case of them. Try it for yourself. It's time to unlock your brain with vault. And right now, I'm going to see if I can unlock your brain and show us something that's going on with Apple. Let's go to Studio B. All right, Studio B and my board, my favorite board and my vault. I'll put my vault down right there. Let's see if we can unlock your brain just like we do with the vault. So anyway, right now, meaning right now, we're sitting here right in the middle of October 2023. And it doesn't matter if you're watching this now or a year from now, because I think the lessons are going to be very instructive. Here we go. We're going to talk about Apple. Now, there's nothing wrong with Apple. They're not going to die tomorrow. But there's some very important things that are going on inside Apple that represent challenges. And there's some great lessons in there that you and I can learn. Also, it'll help you, you know, have a beer with your friends at happy hour on Friday and talk about intelligently what's going on with Apple. So let's dive in a little bit. We got some headlines going on. What are those headlines? Well, people are out there talking about headwinds. I saw Wall Street Journal. Apple faces headwinds. Well, what does that mean? It's windy. It's, it means they're going slower than they want to in the wind. Okay, well, let's see what's causing that. Well, the stock's down 10% in four months. They were over a $300 billion drop, which goes off the $3 trillion valuation they had. So in other words, they've lost, I don't know how many Twitters that is, like five Twitters they've lost or something, six Twitters, you know, probably more like eight Twitters when you add it up. Nonetheless, it went down. That's a hell of a lot of value to drop. Why is it? Well, sales are down. Four quarters of negative growth. That doesn't mean negative sales. That just means sales are growing differently than they were before. Let's take a look. You can see that Apple, this is the percent growth in sales. And sometimes they were growing 40, 50, 60% was their growth over prior year or even prior quarter. And all of a sudden down here, so here's uh, 2019, here's COVID, and here's all that madness that happens around COVID. Wow, we come out of COVID, and things are going good, and now take a look. And in a couple short weeks, in early November 2023, they're probably going to announce that sales are flat or down year over year, which means this is the first time that they've had four quarters down since 2022, way back here. And some of you who are 21 years old watching this, you were barely born or not quite born at that point. So Apple is facing this. Now, they're a great company and they're making billions of dollars. A lot of things are going on, but why isn't the freight train still running at a positive rate? And that's why some of the Wall Street guys have been, whoa, horsey, back it off. And guess what? The stock price comes down a little bit. 
let's go dive into what these headwinds are. Well, the first thing is, you know, there were some sensationalized things such as the iPhone 15. The sales were kind of cold, but the iPhone 15 was hot, so hot that it was burning people. It was smoking, smoking hot. And some people say, well, it's the curry because now some of those are made in India. Bad joke. So the iPhone 15 was going. Then sales in China and reliance on China in general, they've been unable to really get the same super pop in China that they've had in other global markets like the greater European Union and the United States of America and Canada. Haven't been able to get it there. Next, free cash flow is 3.6% against a 10-year average of 6.4. Let me explain what that is. That means when you add up all of your operations, what percent of total revenue was converting into free cash flow? In other words, not just profit. Profit can be calculated using accounting tricks, and you can say you've got this much profit, but you only had this much you know, um, free cash flow because maybe you had to pay debt. So you had a lot of profit, but you had paid debt, and so the cash flow that came out was smaller. Well, they've been averaging 10 years, 6.4% free cash flow. Now they're averaging 3.6. Guess what? Having that cash pays down their own debt and bonds and also helps them invest in the future. You know, an iPhone 15 that doesn't smoke. Sales is trading at 26x. They, they are, excuse me, stock trading. I need to fire somebody because this isn't sale trading. This is stock trading. The stock is trading at 26x. It's above the historical average, which means it's a little overheated. And if you've heard about the Magnificent Seven, the seven stocks have been doing really good in 2023 compared to the rest of the S&P 500. Apple is one of the Magnificent Seven. So it's a little overcooked. Why? Because people were buying it and that extra buy activity was pushing up the stock price because of demand for, the, for it. And so the demand was creating stock price come up because there wasn't anything else very interesting to buy. So people were buying Apple, Meta, Google, Netflix, NVIDIA, Chips, The Magnificent Seven. <clears throat> so then all of a sudden, the percent of analysts rating it a buy is the lowest among the mega caps. Mega cap is when you, Apple, are worth $3 trillion and Microsoft, multi-trillion dollar company and the other multi-trillion dollar companies, trillion dollar companies, those are the mega caps. And so the percent of analysts that are rating Apple a buy is the lowest among the mega caps. So you look at all the analysts that follow each stock. There are 61 analysts that follow Microsoft and 84 rated a buy. You'll hear things like that. Well, guess what? A lot of people, analysts are stepping back saying, great company, been around here forever, but is it gonna be the same growth tomorrow? Is it a good buy today, the way it was a good buy 10 years ago? Mm, don't know. So you have analyst issues. So there's the headwinds. So let's take a look at the five-year run. And the five-year run saw them go to a trillion dollar of market cap, to two trillion dollar market cap, to three trillion market cap. Started off down here at 50, ends today where they are right now, up 118 bucks, 219 over the past five years. So if you put a dollar in here, you had 219% growth on that dollar there. That's pretty good. So you see where it is, and it's, but it's backed up a little bit down there at 172. So it's way up, but what people are looking at, big run up here, here's COVID, 22, 21, 22 there. Afterwards this, See this kind of flattening out, and now you see what's happening here? This area here 
grow, 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 grow. So it's going up like a stock. And all of a sudden, you know, you got this going on. This is the uncertainty of the future. You know, remember the iPhone was pretty big, the iPad was pretty big, the iWatch is pretty big. So now what pretty big is following all that? They need something big to be following it. So you can see that. So there's the run-up. Now let's look at much closer. Let's only look since a year ago in the past year. Now I take that five-year chart and I focus on a year, just the last year. Now you can see something. Now the baseline is 120, which is a little bit, little bit with the low watermark here at uh, January of 23. And you come running up here to 195. Now it's all the way down into the 170s. And there's a lot of uncertainty in that. So that is a momentum change for sure, because this is August, September, October. This is three months, not three days in the stock market. It's not, hey, interest rates are up and the stock's down for a minute. No, this is a little bit of a trend forming. Are they going to pop back when they announce in November? Don't know, but they've got a lot of things that are pushing back on them. So now you can see what's going on. So the big question everybody's asking, okay, well, that's all the things that aren't happening, but what about the new thing? Well, Vision Pro, those aren't running out the doors. Uh, that's not happening. Then the Apple Card future. BizDoc did a case study on Goldman Sachs and the Apple Card showing what an adventure that was. It wasn't all that it was cracked up to be. Still, you have 6 million people in America that have the Apple Card, but there's a lot of question marks about the future. Then you move to Apple TV programming. Programming is getting more expensive. They just fired Jon Stewart. They paid all that money for Jon Stewart to come do Jon Stewart's show on Apple TV, only from Apple TV. And that was the whole gig, make you subscribe to Apple TV, Apple TV Plus, because that's the only place you could see Jon Stewart. And oh my goodness, he's back. That's great. Well, guess what? Didn't go so well. And Jon Stewart was talking about China. Whoops, it's where we make iPhones. And talking about China negatively. Whoops, it's where we're trying to get a market going. And they were talking about a, a lot of other things that really wasn't going so well. And so suddenly, you know, Apple's like, okay, we can't have this guy on Apple TV that we pay to be here doing all this stuff. You're fired. So Jon Stewart's off. So that just shows you how hard it can be if you're Apple, where you're a manufacturer, you're trying to do all these things, you're also trying to be a programmer. Then Apple TV subscribers, they're not, it's not going like a freight train. So where's the new thing? Now, I'm not criticizing Apple for doing any of these things. You know why? This is a sign of a company that's looking for the next big thing. There's, they could drive what's going on. But it's a company that hasn't found the Apple Watch, hasn't found the iPad back in the day. And a matter of fact, today, people are talking about, man, iPads are with the, the iPhone Plus, the big size that they have now. I hardly use my iPad anymore, to be honest with you. And I wait till I get to work and I got my laptop with multiple screens and everything, sit at my desk. And the rest of the time, it is so good. People have made apps so convenient to use, even though you're on a small screen. Why do I need to have an iPad? I don't. So personally, I don't. And I'm not saying throw yours out a window. I'm just saying, you know, suddenly the gap from phone to laptop, when do I, when do I use the iPad? <clears throat> so there's the next new thing, having issues. So now let's look at lessons for you and me. Is Apple going away? Apple's not going anywhere. Apple is here to stay and they're going to be making phones and they're going to get the iPhone 15 to stop cooking your pocket and cooking your purse. All that's going to happen. But the real question is, what's next and where do they go? 
<clears throat> let's look at lessons for you and me. Because you don't have to be a 25-year-old company or even a five-year-old company to apply some of these lessons in what you do. Whether you have a t-shirt company in Berlin or you're running a little technology startup in Silicon Valley, there are lessons here. The first lesson is writing product success is fine. You're supposed to bet on your hits. But denial is a powerful drug and you need to trust your data, such as Apple TV not making money, such as the Apple card having challenges with um, Goldman Sachs. Don't get in denial, always chase data. Ride your success, bet on your hits, but trust the data when it tells you maybe the customer feels like the, cut, the product's a little old, needs to be refurbished, you need to add some features, or a competitive product has come out. Remember, there was Uber, then there was Lyft. So there's a million examples I could give you of things like that where people are gonna come out and, and, and do that to you, software or anything you do. Next, plan and invest in the future. If, first of all, make a profit of what you're doing and then plan your future and think about it because you can't ride this thing forever. There's many, many product companies out there that tried to ride something forever and found them in a future where suddenly nobody wanted it anymore. Uh, although if you did brand surveys, the brand had very positive attraction. I'll give you an example, Vans. I had Vans back, 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 back in the day. But there was a time that Vans were like, ah, whatever. Vans have kind of made a comeback. Why? They put some effort and money in investing into style, what people want. And yes, they even made the retro shoes with some colors and a little bit of changes on them to kind of bring them forward a bit. So that's all about planning and investing in the future, knowing what, the, what your people want. And then be rational about your investment. You don't bet the farm on the next big thing. You need to be practical. So trust your data, probably the most expensive and important words that are on this slide. And cautious boldness is not always bad in a tough market. So where you're going right now, being cautious but bold about what you're doing is never a bad thing. And that, my friend, is the lessons for us as we talk about Apple and what has recently happened for them. This $3 trillion company may now be a $2.6 trillion company, but it's a great company. But even Apple can have burps and bumps in the road the way you and I can. It's all about where we go and what we do. Now, we're gonna go back to the main studio and I'm gonna grab my vault and we're gonna go wrap up. All right, I hope you enjoyed that. Apple's not going anywhere. Again, over $2.5 trillion of value. They were at $3 trillion. I hope that was informative. It kind of shows you how things are going at Apple can be applicable for you and me in terms of lessons applied to our businesses. And if you like that case study, you can check out these case studies here that are on screen. You can click on them from the BizDoc archive so you can learn other things that might be applicable to your business. As I said before, if you like the vault, I left my vault drink in Studio B, but you can go get yours on Amazon. Black cherry, cucumber mint, watermelon and coconut. Go check them out at Amazon. Get yourself some bot. Unlock your brain. I hope I unlocked your brain today with this case study and with the podcast today. And until next time, I'm Tom Mills with the BizDoc and I hope I left you better than I found you. Hey, hey, before I forget, many people want to know, how do I ask you a question, BizDoc? How do I ask Patrick Bet David a question? Well, you can leave a comment down below and you can subscribe. You can also download Minect. Minect was built by Valuetainment and it is do you have a minute? Let's connect. 
With Minect, you can connect with experts or even the BizDoc and ask a question. I'll give you a text answer. I'll send you a video of me giving you an answer, or you could set up a one-on-one. -on -one. Ask me a question about your business, about something that's going on. Happy to help you. Or look at all of the rest of the experts that are on Minect, including Patrick Bet David and a host of others. So where do you get Minect? It's available for iOS and Android. Just download from the App Store, and that's where you can get it. Connect with us on Minect. We look forward to answering your questions.